Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. The Michael Reed Show podcast. Tune in weekdays from 9 on LMFM. To contact us, email now. Michael at LMFM.ie Thursday morning, the 4th of June. Good morning with much debate and discussion from now till 11am. This is Michael Reid on LMFM. The pubs and restaurants are closed, as if you need me to tell you that, but are we drinking more or less since lockdown? There has been a concern that we have been drinking and turning to the bottle at home since uh, the pandemic restrictions were put in place. 13% of all sales in supermarkets last month was alcohol, up from 8%. Off-licences said sales of gin went up 38% and Guinness by 155%. Because of this, Alcohol Action Ireland set out uh, at the beginning of May to test it, asking people to participate in a pan-European survey on how we are drinking, or if we drink more or less than we were pre-COVID. The answer came this week, not from the results of that survey, but perhaps from drinks industry data. Let's talk about this with Una McKinney, who's Head of Communications and Advocacy with Alcohol Alcohol Action Ireland, and also with Patricia Callan, the Director of Drinks Ireland. And good morning to both of you, and thanks for joining us. Patricia Callan, you found that sales of alcohol are down and down quite significantly. Yes, they certainly are. In terms of our membership, we represent about 70 manufacturers, distributors um, on the islands of Ireland. And amongst our membership, we've certainly seen a decline of an average of 30% in the Irish market. Uh, the figures that we published this week, though, are Nielsen data, which are data collected from retailers by Nielsen, and they compare April 2020 to April 2019, and they found that beer and cider sales were down 36%. And just put that into context, because the figures are quite staggering, I think. Mm-hmm. That, so 36% sounds a lot, but how many pints would that be? So it's 24 million fewer pints uh, and almost 5 million fewer serves of spirits sold in April. Right. That's a lot of points. Okay, uh, and uh, you were going to say the same applies uh, to cider and spirits as well. Yeah, like I think certainly in the, amongst the membership, uh, most members who supply cider and beer would be more reliant on the on-trade because of draft sales, and they would be on average down 70 to 80% in turnover. And then amongst our spirits members, people who produce gin, uh, Irish whiskey, etc., they'd be down around 50%. And that's not just here at home, obviously, because we supply a global market and the global on trade has has been closed, although helpfully Mm. it's actually reopening much faster overseas, obviously. So while off-license sales have increased, it doesn't mean we're drinking more. It's being balanced out by this huge drop uh, in uh, license sales. 
Exactly, yeah. Mm-hmm. So the reason that the Guinness numbers that you quote at the start sound ridiculous is because clearly that's a product that is people prefer to drink in the on-trade. Uh, but if you do like it, then you've had, to, had no choice but to move to the off-trade. So certainly with every bar, restaurant and hotel in the country closed since the middle of March, it's had a dramatic impact. So people like to drink out. If they're going to drink, generally speaking, they like to drink out. And as a result of that, you're saying that sales are down by 36% overall, yeah, both yeah, for licensed premises and off-licence when you combine yeah, the two. Yeah, exactly, yeah. So 55% normally would be consumed in on-trade, 45% in the off-trade. But what we're seeing very much is that people are just trying to socialise, trying to uh, interact with friends and families just in a different way because they have to. So we're seeing, you know, Zoom uh, quizzes with families. We're seeing uh, our members get very innovative in terms of doing tastings. So uh, doing whiskey tastings, cocktail making sessions, etc. online to try and engage consumers who they normally would engage in, in a licensed premises but who are now are doing so at home. So certainly I think uh, people's behaviour has had to adapt, obviously, as, uh, as, as all of this has evolved. Mm. Um, and also, obviously, with the good weather and barbecue and all that sort of stuff, you, you tend to, uh, you know, to, to have a celebratory drink in the back garden to enjoy some of the sunshine. OK. Euna McKinney, what do you make of these figures? Well, I think, you know, that from the, from the beginning of this crisis, what we have endeavoured to highlight, <coughs> excuse me, all we've tried to highlight is the concern that there has been around the spike around the off-trade sales. And from early April, we could see that there was a, initially there was a kind of an 18% rise in off-trade sales. And most recently now, we can see, as of yesterday, that those off-trade sales are spiking north of 90%. And our point has always been, that, you know, our concern has been the impact of that alcohol, that levels of alcohol pouring into homes today who are already under great stress. And again, we have to remember that many of the people who are under stress in relation to COVID-19 because of unemployment or because of concerns about their health, many of these people have never experienced this level of anxiety before. Mm. And the idea that we would increase almost now to 90% the level of alcohol going into our homes uh, was of deep concern, and that that has always been our central tenant. As to the figures that Patricia has talked about, I mean, I don't dispute that, that mm. the value or the, the sales revenues for the alcohol industry has undoubtedly plummeted. Of course, mm. when you close off the entire uh, on-trade, you're going to see a reduction of revenue in the month of April as... Uh, Drinks Ireland data has indicated. Mm, but people are drinking But less. the question is, you know, overall, are we going to see some de- degree of reduction in the level of consumption of alcohol? And my, my, my well, lesson to that yeah. at this stage is that we probably will, of course. Mm, huge, but huge the drop. Is, the issue is, the issue that we have is yeah. the level of alcohol that's going into the home. But it's not that much more than was before. Uh, I mean, the overall drop is... No, 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 no that, that's... That's absolutely not true. Oh, I think it is. I mean, what's happening is we are pouring in mm. alcohol to the degree of ninety percent now, as of yesterday. Four mm. weeks, the last four weeks, we can mm. indicate that the LS sales have gone up by ninety yeah. percent. And what that is is going in is uncontrolled, unregulated alcohol into homes. Okay, but very, very uh, little I, more. I, I very, very little more. I have separate data, uh, which I'm not sure if you saw yesterday from the Central Statistics Office or the day before yesterday, I think. Uh, and they say the only sectors, this is the retail sales index, and they say the only sectors to show uh, a volume increase between March and April 
2020, which I think to a large degree is the period we're talking about, were food, beverages and tobacco in specialised stores, excluding supermarkets, up 1.8% and non-specialised stores, which includes the supermarkets, up 1.6%. So you're talking little or nothing on the difference. That's the first quarter of 2020, from January to the 31st of March. Now, obviously, the COVID-19 crisis has largely impacted us in April. And indeed, the figures that Drinks Ireland and Patricia is quoting from Nielsen is indeed the month of April. And, you know, in that context, I completely agree Mm. that we will undoubtedly see significant reductions in the revenue for the alcohol industry. Sorry, Union, you're misconstruing it. These are volume figures, not value figures. So actually the volume is down. So there was a 58... Well, it says the sales. The volume sales. of beer and cedar sold me off. The volume Overall, the sales are down by 36%. So therefore the volume of, that human beings are consuming is down by 36%. Do you interpret the CSO figures the same way Union is, uh, Patricia? Yes, um, like I, I certainly up until mid March, obviously everything was continuing as normal, yeah. and you know the economy. The pubs only closed on the twenty eighth of March. Well, no, the pubs closed uh, before St Patrick's Day. You may recall they voluntarily closed down as did the restaurants. According to the law, it was mm. the twenty eighth of March. But we're talking about an increase between March and April, uh, and the increase. Are, and I think the increase, the increase is very small. Your listeners too much with data yeah. and figures. I think what we can agree on here is there is definitely going to be a reduction in relation to the revenue that's attributed to the alcohol industry. And, mm. and, as result, and what does that mean? That is an industry that is under threat. What does that mean? What, what does that mean when it comes to all of these arguments about uh, people uh, need to be educated and told uh, to grow up and behave themselves and because they're acting like silly children, we need to increase the price of alcohol to such a degree that they can't afford it anymore. Surely all of this means that people are drinking what they've decided they would like to drink and what they believe is suitable for them. Well, I don't know anybody who's telling anyone to grow up and stop behaving like children. I don't, I, I, I don't, I don't subscribe to that view But that's that nanny state attitude of increasing... That's that nanny state of increasing the price of alcohol. We need to go, we need to go back to... Can I just go back to where I started? And mm. that is... And our concern is that when you increase the off sales by 93% over a period of time, which we are faced with a national crisis and a public... I don't know where you're getting the 93%, 68% of official data sources. That level of alcohol pouring into homes where we know 200,000 children are already suffering because of parental alcohol misuse. So what do we think 93% increase into the homes of alcohol is going to do. It's going to heighten that stress. Okay. Alcohol in itself... Let Patricia come back there because you wanted to, dis- to dispute that figure of 93%. Yeah, sorry, like I don't know where that's coming mm. from, but certainly in the, data set, uh, the Nielsen data set, it's 58% increase in the volume of beer and cider sold in the off-trade, but the overall sales are down by 36%. And certainly we're, we're absolutely conscious as an industry and always have been that we do not want people abusing our product. But the idea that the average Irish citizen in their home is unregulated mm. and out of control, really needs to... But we know that. You know, people, I certainly want to enjoy alcohol as part of a balanced diet. And I think uh, people, uh, thankfully, you know, again, with the good weather, are out getting more exercise, they're probably eating better, they have more control. Uh, but there, there is certainly, certainly going to be a number of people who will not be doing well through this crisis. Patricia, they need additional support. Patricia, there's two the there, cancelling services. The, there's two things also. missing from your data, Patricia. Uh, it's not flawed data, but it, it's hard to see it as being completely accurate when it doesn't include sales from done stores, and more importantly, it doesn't include wine sales. 
So the data is 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 essentially a data set. So it never includes those. No, so I understand. But but, but the, when it comes to alco- exact same month, no, yes, no, no I'm, I'm not criticising the well, data no, or the the, the methodology. Yes. What I am saying is, is it's hard to to gauge it as whether we're drinking more or less because a lot of people drink wine in, in particular. Yeah, so 80% of all wine is always consumed in the off-trade. Only mm. 20% is, is in the on-trade. So it's less impacted in terms of the, the actual closure of the pubs, restaurants and hotels. Mm. And in terms of the data set that we've seen from that, which, uh, again, is, is not as good as it is for the others, which is why we don't publish mm. it, we've seen an increase of 18% in mm. the on-trade. So that's why we say, in fact, it's probably marginally down. Mm. Mike? Yes, um, you know. Um, there are two sources of data, just to clarify, and I'm sure Patricia is acutely aware of the 93% figure, so I don't, I don't think that for a second she isn't aware of that. No, she's talking about volume and sales. Data. Mm-hmm. One is Nielsen and one is Kantar. Both are trade source data. Kantar, Kantar is a survey Kantar of does people. Nielsen is from the tills in the registers and the retailers. And it concludes across all the retailers. Not Nielsen. Nielsen excludes dumb stores. Mm. Antar is a survey and the don't and the don't not from the till. And Aldi. So Kantar is the most up-to-date, relevant in this debate, and it is 93% for the last four. You know, why do you think most people drink wine, if they drink wine, that they drink it at home and they don't drink it when they're out? Well, I have no reason. I have no, no, well, I have no idea. Yeah, okay. well, I, I, I won't I, make an assessment of people's personal taste. Oh, no, 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 no. It's because they're, not, they're, it's because they're not stupid. They can buy a bottle of wine for €8 Euro when they go into a restaurant and it's €25. Euro. So they you know, go into the restaurant and they have something else or they have less wine and then they go home and, they and, have, they, and, and, then, they have, and then they have their drink of choice, uh, which yeah, is being denied to them because it's far too expensive in restaurants. Yeah, that's a very interesting point, and it comes back again to what I'm talking about, the levels of alcohol that is pouring into people's homes. Temporary habits can become very permanent lifestyles. And when we see, when consumers see that their purchasing power is multiplied by four in the context of purchases and the off-sales, I think we're going to see a shift. We're going to see a shift off what you talk about exactly is a, is a further trend and I would argue that it's 65% of all alcohol that's consumed is consumed at home. I think we're going to see an increasing trend towards that. And that concerns me. And again, I come back to why does it concern me? It concerns me because we have 200,000 kids living mm. in families, in homes, where alcohol is a source of daily trauma. And so, you've, met, you've, met, you know, you've many of them down the pub paying 10 euro for some fancy drink. Uh, is, is it a question of choice, Patricia Callan? Uh, and well, I think certainly the issue around consumer confidence to come back out is a very serious one that we need to address coming out of the, the crisis. So um, I obviously have data from, from our members in countries who are already reopened, like Shanghai, Australia, New mm. Zealand, into the Czech Republic, etc. And, like, I mean, there is a certain element uh, that will want to come back out and reclaim their lives straight away. But there's also a lot of people who will be very conscious and will be nervous because they of all the public messaging to stay home and that will take some time to overcome yeah, but the, wouldn't, the, the industry has wouldn't they go out more often i mean wouldn't wine drinkers go out more often if it was 25 euro to go into tesco or don's or aldi or little and buy a bottle of wine at uh, the same price as it is in a restaurant so that uh, instead of staying at home drinking the wine you'd go out and enjoy it well, I think it's all down to personal choice. Obviously, we've seen a shift to home drinking with the amount of money that people have pumped into their houses. So, you know, people now have lovely houses where they like to entertain. And it's a choice. It's a personal choice as to what you do. But certainly, the price of alcohol is 
much higher in Ireland because we have the second highest excise rate in the entire of the EU. Mm. One of the measures that we're looking at in terms of supporting the on-trade is the fact that, in, for example, in Spain and Italy, mm. there is a reduced fat rate on alcohol as well as on food mm. uh, when served together in those markets. So you're, mm. you've got the tapas culture. So we would like to use this time now to reimagine yeah. what... The, the well, pulp of the experience well, of restaurants. That's, a, that's an interesting point. Sorry, sorry for cutting across you, but time is uh, mm-hmm. very uh, tight. Uh, it's an interesting point, though, that you're making. Uh, and if we could look at that bottle of wine, which, let's say, costs €8 Euro in the supermarket, €25 Euro in the restaurant. But if you go to Spain or Italy, Eunan, uh, it's one fifty in a restaurant or a fiver, one fifty in the shop in a fiver in a restaurant. Yeah, there's no question that in different different economies, obviously, the, the price of alcohol is pitched at a different level. I, I don't dispute that. Um, you know, do we, do we think that the price of alcohol sold in restaurants is too high? You know, I, again, I wouldn't have a view on that necessarily, but perhaps it is too high. Mm. Uh, but I'm sure the restaurateur would, would argue that he's paying, you know, the price of the bottle of wine reflects not just the excise, it also reflects the rates and, mm. and the staff and the and the rent and on mm. materials and everything else. So I presume that in any business model, obviously your your product reflects the price of, of your cost. Oh, I know, but the so, the, the, know, the thing is that it's one fifty to buy the eight euro bottle, uh, and uh, you know I don't think, I think they're the buying them in, in any greater amounts. Yeah, I think the price. The point I would make about the price, and and it comes back to the, the, the argument that we're having in relation mm. to the off sales and the on sales. Is that what, what's driving a lot of, in my view, what's driving a lot of the increase in the off sales as well is a price war that's been undertaken at the moment where we see vast quantities of beer being dumped into the market at remarkably cheap prices. Mm. You know, and mm. we, you and I have spoken in the yep. past yeah, about yeah. the need for minimum unit pricing, mm. but these products have been sold at 30, 40% beneath. And that's a, that, that's a point you can't argue with, Patricia, just to conclude on that. Well, no, certainly in terms of uh, the, the dumping of products, certainly by our industry. In fact, the brewers have undertaken a massive operation. No, but the no retailers the do sell. Where are they getting the, the product? Beer. So, like, retailers obviously price in a competitive market under competition law guidance exactly how they like. We have always supported a ban on below-cost selling and would like the government to reinstitute that immediately. But I'm certainly not personally aware of a price war at okay. the moment. Certainly but, it's not but, where I live. But there there you agree and there we leave it. And thank you both indeed for joining us here on the programme this morning. Patricia Callan, Director of Drinks Ireland and Una McKinney, Head of Communications and Advocacy with Alcohol Action Ireland. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.